Today I want to dive into God's Word, and in just a few minutes we're going to be reading the 23rd Psalm, Psalm 23, one of the most well-known and famous passages of Scripture in all the Bible. If you want to join us there, you can go ahead and turn there. But let me set up the message for you today, because God's given me something to share that I think we all need to hear. If you're joining us online, God's going to speak to you today right where you are. You know, Every service here at the Bridge Church, at the conclusion of service, we always have a prayer when I finish preaching or whoever is ministering. We pray and we give people an opportunity to wrap their faith around Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We also give people an opportunity to get a little tool called the next seven days. And what this tool is, it's just a little bit of simple reading information that will help people begin to build their relationship with God and start following Jesus. And one of the things that I always try to say is when you accept Jesus as your Savior, that's not the end of the journey. That's just the beginning of the journey. And you know, if you're new to walking with God or even if you've been walking with God a long time, sometimes we're not sure about what's next and what to expect on this journey. And I think sometimes we have the question in our minds, what can I expect? What's coming next? What can I expect? Or maybe we could say it this way. What can I expect from Jesus? If I'm going to follow him, what can I expect from Jesus? So today I want to reflect on some life experiences of David in the Old Testament, one of the most famous figures and most prominent figures in all the scripture. And I want to look at his life and his life experiences for a moment. You know, David had a lot of seasons of life. He was first a shepherd, taking care of his dad's sheep as a boy and a teenager. As a teenager, he became known as the giant killer when he took on and defeated Goliath. And then the next season of life, he's in the palace of the king as a psalmist and a musician, writing music, playing music, singing music. Loved by the king. But then the tables turn and there's jealousy. And suddenly the king wants his life and begins to try to kill David. And David goes on the run and spends a season of his life, years literally, as a fugitive hiding in caves with a small group of friends. But then ultimately he becomes a king, the king of Israel. He also becomes a great warrior. He led many battles. He killed many giants in his lifetime. But then David was also known as a man who had some pretty big failures, pretty big sins. David experienced a lot in life. And I want you to notice today Psalm 23. Everybody knows this passage of Scripture. You've heard it. You've read it. But I want you to do something with me today. It's a little out of the ordinary. We're going to read the 23rd Psalm together. Okay? I I didn't say I'm going to read it for you. I'm going to ask you to read it out loud with me. So the verses are going to be on the board beginning at verse number one on the screen. Verse number one. I want you to follow with me in reading Psalms 23. Read these words with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, this psalm is something that David wrote as an expression of his heart. There's some great verses here, and really I could do a whole series of messages taking one verse at a time out of this one psalm. But today I I just want to put it in a bit of a capsule, and I want you to look at the life of David and think about all that he experienced, and think about what he wrote here about what we can expect from God. Now, verse number one, It's interesting. He begins this psalm and he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, there there are three things in this verse that I want to point out to you in my introduction before I get into the message. This one verse, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David's statement is, first of all, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, having been a shepherd, David knew well. He understood the role, the prominence, the importance of the shepherd. In the life in Israel in those days, shepherds were very common. But shepherds were not highly esteemed. They were seen as kind of the the lower class group of people. They were the ranchers who just kind of led their flocks around from pasture to pasture and watering hole to watering hole. They weren't important in society. But David, having been a shepherd, having been relegated in his father's house to sheep, he understood the importance of the role of the shepherd. And I think a part of what David was saying here was, I've shepherded sheep, And I now shepherd people. But he went one step further. He said, the God of the universe is my shepherd. Speaks of a personal relationship with God. I want to make sure you understand today, when you read verses like this in the Psalms, we're not talking about a stranger. We're not talking about a God a million miles away out there who doesn't know what's going on, who doesn't care about your life. We're talking about a God who wants to be a shepherd over our lives. He wants to be in relationship with us, where we can know him, we can trust him, we can follow his lead, and he will take care of us. And and then the second thing I see in this verse is notice David's words of confidence. Let me ask a question. Do you walk confidently with the Lord? I think some people walk a little timidly. Not, not sure what to expect from God. I, th- I think sometimes I meet people who aren't, aren't yet convinced who God is and what God is. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word want literally means lack. Many translations, it will be versed that way. It'll be, it'll be verbalized that way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. What David was saying was, I have confidence in the shepherd. He will provide for me the things I cannot provide for myself. Having been a shepherd, he knew what the shepherd needed to do for sheep. Now, please, this is not a reflection on anybody here today. Uh, This would be second service only, okay? Uh, But 
but they say that sheep are not real smart animals. And yet sometimes in Scripture, we're referred to as the sheep of God's pasture. And you know what I found out in my lifetime? Do you know when I'm the dumbest? I'm the dumbest when I think I can figure out things on my own and I don't need God's help. That's when I really get dumb. Anybody in the building? You know, it's a little quiet this morning. I know it's Memorial Day weekend and people are, you know, are already in, in relaxation mode. But has anybody in the house ever made stupid decisions besides me? You know when I make stupid decisions? It's when I think I've got it all figured out and I don't need a shepherd. That's when I make poor decisions. But the shepherd, David said, I've been a shepherd. I know what it means. And I'm telling you, you can trust this shepherd because he will provide for you the things you cannot provide for yourself. I'm sure in this building today, I'm sure watching online today, in our services, there'll be a lot of people sitting here today who've got some questions in life right now and say, I don't know what to do. I can't solve these problems. Can I tell you today, there's a shepherd who wants to lead you and guide you who has all the answers to all the questions you're going to face in life. He's got the answers. You know, in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now think about this. If he's been willing to lay his life down for us, don't you think he's going to have our best interests in mind? Don't you think if he gave himself to redeem us, don't you think he's also going to watch out over all the rest of our lives? We can trust him. Romans 8.32, the Apostle Paul says it this way. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? See, David knew as a shepherd, the things the sheep needed, they could not provide for themselves. I provided those things for them. And David was saying, the Lord is my shepherd. There is no lack in him. Whatever you cannot provide for yourself, trust the Lord and walk it out. God will take care of you. And let me take this just one step further. I got to move fast today. But let me take it one step further. I think sometimes when we pray and we ask God for things, in our minds, it's all about timing. Okay, God, I prayed. Okay, get to it. Get to it. Take care of stuff. An hour goes by. A day goes by. A week goes by and many of us just give up and say, well, I guess God's not going to do what, he, what I thought he was going to do. He's not going to fulfill his promise. He's not going to meet this need. I don't understand it. And we don't understand sometimes. It's not about timing. It's about places where God's trying to lead us to for provision. We miss that sometimes. And we're all uptight. Oh, God, when, 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 when. He says, I'm trying to lead you to the place. Would you just stay with me and follow me? It's not about time, it's about positioning. It's about being where God needs us to be. That's why he's trying to lead us. And, and the last thing I see in this first verse is that David talks about the simplicity of being sheep. I, I, he doesn't say it, but I think it's implied here. It's so simple to be sheep. What does sheep do? They just trust and follow the shepherd. It's pretty simple. We, we complicate life and make it so difficult when what God's trying to tell us is just trust me and follow me. So real quickly, I just want to walk through four things that you see in this psalm that I think all of us need to know God will provide for us. What can you expect from God? Number one, look at verse two. 
David says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. It means pastures where there is young, fresh, tender, juicy nourishment, grass. And he goes on to say, he leads me beside the still waters. Still waters means peaceful waters. You know, there are going to be challenges in life. There are going to be moments when we don't really like our circumstances. But you know, God gets such a bad rap sometimes. Because I think we, we believe, well, everything that happens in life, God makes it all happen. God makes it all happen. God makes it all happen. And God's doing all this bad stuff because really he doesn't like me much, but because I prayed the prayer, he has to at least listen to me. So therefore, I'm just going to hang in there for a while, but I'm just not sure about God. Can I tell you something today? God is a good God. He has better plans for you than you have for yourself. But in this verse, y'all thank goodness for that. Verse number two, he says, he makes me lie down where? In green, tender grass pastures where there's nourishment. He leads me beside what kind of waters? Waters of peace, waters of rest. And you know, we often wrestle. We often wrestle with the leading of the shepherd. And every one of us sometimes thinks we've got a better idea than God. We all do it. And oftentimes we even pray and tell God how to answer our prayers. Have you ever noticed that those kind of prayers don't tend to work out just right? Because he tends to know a better way. Because what the psalmist is trying to tell us in verse number two is, number one, he will lead you to the right places. If you're in the top, if you're in the front row, if you're on the left or the right, wherever you are in this building, I'm going to tell you today, if you'll trust God and follow him, he will lead you to the right places. Some of us are unhappy with where we are right now. We're looking around saying, God, do you know what you're doing? God, I'm not happier. I'm, you know what? Just trust him. Just trust him. He will lead you to all the right places. Psalms 31, there's a good picture of the heart of David following God. Psalms 31, 3, David said, For you are my rock and my fortress, therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Lead me and guide me. Lead me and guide me. Let me ask you today, is the Lord leading you? Let me ask a bigger question. Are you following him? Because I promise if you're listening, he's trying to lead you. If you're sensitive, he's trying to show you the way. The question is, am I following him? You know, on my biggest days of decision, the days when I have to make really heavy, important decisions, God leads me by his word, by his peace, and by his voice. God wants to lead you. And when you start walking with God, it, it it takes us a while to kind of learn how to recognize the voice of God. Do not get discouraged. If you're not hearing what you want to hear, follow the peace that God has put in your heart. Follow what God is putting inside of your spirit. Walk with God. Follow him. Trust him. He's going to lead you to the right places. You know, several years ago, I heard a story a friend of mine told about an old minister that he knew who had been a missionary for many, many years, and he traveled all over the globe and one day he was on a, an important trip and he was headed back home and he had one more stop to make along the way and he was hurrying to get to the airport in an overseas nation. He got there, went through security, got to the gate, got ready to check in and when he got up to the gate, something inside of him said, do not get on this plane. 
And he's like, God, I have a schedule to keep. I have a place to be. I got to get there and then I got to get home. My schedule's really tight. I can't stop right now. And again, the Holy Spirit just nudged him inside. He didn't hear an audible voice. He just knew inside something's not right here. I need to stop. So he backed away from the gate and just prayed for a minute and said, God, what's the deal? God said, don't get on this plane. Book another flight. Book another flight. And he's thinking, well, God, is there somebody here I need to talk to? What's the deal here? God said, just trust me. Just follow me. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm trying to lead you to the right places. So he went up to the desk and said, I'm sorry, I can't take this flight. I got to rebook it. So they rescheduled his ticket right there. He backed out and had a little bit of time before the next flight. A few hours later, the flight he was supposed to be on went down and everybody on board was killed. Why? Because God was leading him to the right places. Now, I know people say, well, why didn't God tell everybody? Maybe he tried. Maybe people didn't listen. Maybe it was God's purpose. Maybe it was the enemy who caused things. Oh, everything that happens in the world, it's all God's fault. All the bad is God's fault. You know what? We have an adversary, and we need to be aware he's working against us. But there's a shepherd who wants to lead us to the right places. We need to learn to trust him. Number two, the second thing, not only will he lead us to the right places, verse number three says that he will encourage us, even on our most difficult days. Let's look at verse three. The psalmist says, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. And then it says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. He restores my soul. So we know what it means to restore something. It's to work with something, to clean it up, to freshen it up, to do whatever needs to be done to bring it back to its original purpose and original condition. But David talks about this restoration process. He talks about this thing that we call encouragement and strengthening. And David says God's encouragement comes this way. It's God meeting us in our most difficult moments, strengthening us, renewing us, and then leading us onto a better path, a right path. Think about that. You know, sometimes I think in life, we want God to encourage us even when we're not really listening and following God. It happens. I'm a pastor. I've had those days. Have you ever prayed the prayer, oh God, bless what I'm doing? Have you ever listened long enough for God to say, why don't you do what I'm blessing? Little different twist here. See, I need to be following the shepherd. Why? Because he'll meet me even on my most difficult day. He will strengthen me. He will encourage me. He will correct me if needs be. And then he will lead me onto a better pathway. First Samuel chapter number 30, there's a story about David and his men. They'd gone out to battle and they'd left all of their families in a, a small city called Ziklag. They went out to battle. They were gone several days. They headed back home. And when they got back home, they found that the enemy had invaded them from the opposite direction, had burned down the city and taken all of their family and their goods and carried them away. 
And they found that after being out in battle, after coming back from that journey, those men were tired and weary and exhausted. And suddenly they're hit in the face with the whole idea of loss. We've lost everything. It's what we call a ziklag experience. Everybody's had those experiences. And the people got so upset. The, the men who fought with him, the only ones left, they were so hurt, so pained, so angry that they wanted to stone David. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him totally and completely. But it says David at that most difficult moment encouraged himself in the Lord. Some translations say strengthen himself in the Lord. Did you know that even when you've got the day to face that you never ever wanted to face your entire life, that most difficult day, that you know that God will give you wisdom as to how you go forward from there? God will encourage you. God will strengthen you. He will not abandon you. He will be there and lead you to victory. If you read the rest of this story, David prayed and said, God, what do I do? And he said, rise up, go to battle, and go back and reclaim all that was stolen from you. And they did. They did because God strengthened them and God encouraged them. One more thought here. Mentioned earlier, David's also known for some pretty big mistakes. Committing adultery with Bathsheba. Sending her husband to the front line where he was killed in battle. Pretty much had him murdered. And David had in his downfall. Came face to face with the shepherd. And he prayed an interesting prayer. If you look at Psalms 51, that whole prayer there is so amazing. It's a great prayer. But I want to take just one verse out of that. Psalms 51, verse 10, David said, God, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. He said, God, change me, correct me. I know there's stuff going on inside of me that's wrong. That's why I've got to this place. Create in me a clean heart and then renew in me a steadfast spirit. He was saying, God, in this moment of failure, I need your encouragement. I need your strength. And David realized in that moment what he needed from God was some correction and some direction. Friend, I'm going to tell you, on your worst day, no matter what's going on, God will be there to speak wisdom and direction into you for your future, to deal with what's happened, to get what's behind you under the blood of Jesus and then move forward. Trust him and follow him. Many years ago, I was pastoring out of state, and one day I got a call from a man, and he, he sounded pretty desperate. I knew this man well. He had been in our church for a while, but he'd made some horrible life decisions. He had a very successful business, made really good money, but again, he made some horrible decisions and walked away from his relationship with God. This morning he called me, and he said, or that morning he called me and he said, can you come meet me? And he told me where he was and I went and found him. He was living in his motor home, no longer at home with his family, living alone in his motor home. And he opened the door and his eyes were almost swollen shut from crying. I walked into the motor home as he welcomed me in. And when he sat down, I noticed he had a, a revolver on the little table where he would eat his dinner. He laid his hand on the revolver and said, I've been wrestling all night and all morning with what to do with this gun because I have totally messed up my life. I spent a lot of time there that morning talking with him. 
encouraging him, convincing him that God would meet him right where he was. Finally, after a period of time, he let me pray with him. God began to break some things and mold some things and shape some things and move some things out of his heart. God began to correct him. And then when he accepted God's correction, God began to show him that the road going forward was better than he thought it was going to be. And after several minutes, which turned into a couple of hours, I walked out that day. He had put up his revolver and he got back in the race, reached back to his family and saw God begin to restore his life and all that he'd lost. That's the God that we serve. God's for you. He's not against you. And he wants to meet you right where you are on your most difficult day. He wants to restore you in your walk with him. So trust him. God will encourage you even on your most difficult days. Third thing, I'm going to wrap this up pretty quickly, so stay with me. Third thing, verse 4, notice the words. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Third thing is, when you wonder what can I expect from Jesus, he will protect you. He will protect you. When danger, even death is near, so is God. So is the shepherd. When you're facing a dangerous enemy or a dangerous situation, the shepherd does not stand off at a distance. The shepherd runs to your side. The psalmist said even God's rod, God's staff, his position of authority, his position and his power, all of that is brought to your side when you face moments of danger. Think back when David was a teenager. And he went out to face Goliath. He was able to look at Goliath and say, I'm not afraid of you. You come against me with the spear and the shield and the sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And this battle is his. God is going to fight this battle for me. You know what? There are some people in this room. There are some people watching online today. You're facing battles. You've got some things to fight that you're not sure how to fight it. Can I tell you what? When you've done all you can do, just stand in faith and let God fight for you. He knows how to win your battle. The shepherd is near. Lean on his strength, his rod, his staff. And I love the words that David used here. He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In the original writings, that word comfort means they make me sigh. It's like whew, a big sigh of relief. Can I tell you today, if you're fighting a battle, if you're in the middle of a war, Stop and take a big, 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 deep breath and let it out and whew, it's going to be okay because God's going to fight this battle for me. God's got it. You know, God can handle giants. He can handle anything. So his word to us today is if you're fighting a battle, don't be afraid. Trust him. He'll protect you. Then the fourth thing, final thing, Verses 5 and 6, or yes, verse, verses 5 and 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Last thing I want to tell you today is 
God will watch over your future. God will watch over your future. Anytime I talk to people who are battling fear and despair and anxiety, I mean, it always comes down to what you're facing right now and what tomorrow might look like. We've got two things to believe when it comes to today and tomorrow. We can believe what God says, who wants to lead us and guide us and protect us and watch over us. Or we can believe what the enemy says, the one who wants to destroy us. We have to choose who we're going to listen to. You know, it's interesting, as you read these verses, you think about God watching over your future. In the Psalms, there are at least 18 times when David cried out and said, I cry, I cried, or this is my cry. Now, can I, can I just tell you something? A lot of people think about David, this little shepherd boy. If you go back and read the story of David, David was a stud. He was a man's man. I wish I had five minutes to tell you some of the things he did. He wasn't some little weakling who went out there. He was a warrior. He was a tough dude. He killed giants into his old age. He was a man's man. But there are many, many, many times when David, in his honesty, laid before God and cried out to God and said, God, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. I don't know who the toughest man in this building is today. I can't see you all at a distance clear enough to know exactly who's here and who's not. I wouldn't know who to put my money on. It might be the trifecta sitting over there in the corner. I don't know. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care who you are, what you are, how tough you may be. There are going to be moments in life when you're going to need to cry out to God. And in those moments, it's okay to say, God, I need your help. I need your help. I can't figure it out from here. Psalms 34, 6, David said, this poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. When I was a shepherd, it was a lion and a bear and I killed him. When I faced Goliath, God was with me and I killed the giant. When I was in, in Saul's court and I was making music and singing and playing songs and then he got angry, God protected me. God was watching over my future. When I went on the run as a fugitive, God protected me. He was with me. When I was fighting battles as the king of Israel, leading the army, God was with me. Even in my sin and my failure, God was there to make me victorious again because God was watching out over my future. You know what? Everybody here has seasons of life. Think about David's seasons of life. Think about it. Shepherd, giant killer, musician, fugitive, warrior, king, failure in every one of those seasons he recognized that god was watching over his future and david learned that even on his most difficult day his care the shepherd's care would never stop and he would even if needs be prepare a table when my enemies were attacking me he would feed me right in front of them he would pour his oil of purpose and his oil of healing upon my head. And he would say to me, the best days are still ahead of you. I am not finished with you. It doesn't matter who gathers around you and which enemy attacks you. I am still here and I am watching out over your future. So trust me. Trust me. And I, I, I love it. Psalms 37, one of my favorite verses. Verse 25 and I can't identify with this because I'm still in midlife. 
But the psalmist said, I once was young and now I'm old. I'm somewhere in the middle still, okay? I once was young, but now I'm old. Yet in all my days, I've never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen God's children out begging for bread. Friend, let me tell you something. God has your future. The shepherd is going to lead you to the right places. He's going to provide for you. He's going to protect you. You just need to keep following him and trust him. He's got it. He's got it. And I love the words, surely, 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 absolutely, without question, goodness and mercy, good things, kind things will follow me every single day of my life. As I'm looking forward, if I pause just for one minute to look over my shoulder, you know what I see? Goodness and mercy. Good things and kind things. You know why I know that? You know why I know that? You know why I'm so sure of that? Because I'm following the shepherd. And that's where he's going to lead me, to those good places. I've got more to share, but I, I need to end the message. There's an old song that I used to sing many, many, many years ago. And the words simply said, he's got my world in the palm of his hands. There's no need to fear. He's in command. Dark days will come and go, but this one thing I know, he's got my world in the palm of his hands. Once it wrap your heart around that today, God's got you. The shepherd's got it. Trust him. Follow him. And in closing my message today in Acts 13, it, it repeats what is said in the Old Testament when God called David. God's testimony of David. Now think about this. Shepherd, giant killer, musician, fugitive, king and warrior, failure. God's testimony of David was, he is a man after my own heart. Through the eyes of Psalms 23, I, I think what God was saying was, he's not perfect, but he's trying to follow me. He has a heart to follow me. How do we know? How do we know if the Lord is my shepherd? Man, I love the words of verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who's leading. How do I know if the Lord is my shepherd? John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know if the Lord is your shepherd if you're following him. If you're not, you know that too. So what can I expect from Jesus? He'll lead you to all the right places. He'll encourage you even on your most difficult days. He'll protect you. And he will watch over your future. So can I say today what the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd? I want to pray for you today. I'm going to ask everybody here to, to bow your heads for just a moment. And, and I want to pray because I know life is challenging at times. 
And I know when life gets challenging, most of us tend to question what God's doing. That, that's just human nature. We begin to ask, God, what's going on? God, I, I didn't expect this. You may not have expected the circumstances of your life today, but you can expect to God to be everything that he promised he would be to you. So whatever's going on in your life, I want you to just wrap it up and just kind of put your hands out in front of you and hold it right there. Whatever you're facing, whatever challenges are there, even if it's extended family, if it's other issues, whatever's going on, just put it right there and let's just, let's just pray for a moment. Father, I thank you for every person who's here today. I thank you that you're speaking to us through your word and you're encouraging us today. God, I'm very much mindful that you know every situation going on in every individual life today. Every person who's hearing this in this building or watching online, you're aware of their lives and their circumstances. Father, you said you even know the number of hairs on our head. You've got them numbered. And that number's always changing, yet you know it because you care about the smallest detail. And now, Father, we give you the circumstances of our lives. God, we've heard your word today. Speak to us individually right where we are. We want you to be our shepherd and we want to follow you. Lead us. Lead us in this time of question. Lead us to the right places. Encourage us even on a difficult day in a difficult season. Encourage us, strengthen us, show us the right path. Protect us. Father, for those who may have danger nearby, protect them. Wipe out all fear. Establish your faith and your trust in them. And for those who are questioning the future, watch over the future. God, give us the confidence that you've had what's behind us, you also have what's in front of us. God, you've got our world in the palm of your hands. And we take it now and we just put it in your hands. Whatever's going on in our life, we take it and we put it in your hands. We trust you and we follow you. We let you work. We're not going to put you on the clock. We're going to follow you to the crossroads where provision is waiting for us. In Jesus' name, we trust you. You are our shepherd. We will follow you. While heads are still bowed for just a moment, maybe you've heard this message today. You're here in the building or you're watching online. Maybe you've heard this, but in your life, you know, I'm not really following the shepherd. I don't really know him. Maybe you've never committed your life to Christ. Maybe you've never committed yourself and said, I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead. I believe he ascended back to the Father. I believe what he did on the cross was full payment for my past. Maybe you've never accepted the fact that God wants you to join his family and be his child. But now something inside of you is turning over and over and you're realizing this is right. That, that's the spirit of God knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to extend mercy and grace and favor to you. He wants to be your shepherd. But he needs you to say, yes, Lord, I'm in. I'll follow you. I need you in my life. This whole journey begins with us praying a prayer, just using words, accepting God's invitation and say, God, 
I extend my faith to you. You've extended grace. I extend faith. I need you. I need you. So I want to lead everyone in a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. It's nothing magic about my words. It's just simple words. But wrap your heart and your faith around these words. And everybody in the room, you don't need to yell it and scream it, but I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. If you're online, join us in this prayer. Here's the words. Say, God, I need you. I need a shepherd. I need a savior. I need forgiveness. So I come to you. I put my faith in Jesus. I trust him to be my savior. I choose him to be the Lord of my life. Teach me your ways. I want to follow you. I lay the past at your feet. And I walk away from it. So I can follow you. So teach me your ways. From this day forward. As I start this new journey in life. You'll be my father. And I'll be your child. Thank you for receiving. Amen. Amen. You know, I say it every week, but it's so important for those who pray this prayer. That's the most important prayer you can ever pray in your entire life. But it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning of the journey. And here's the thing. We want to help you. We feel like it's our responsibility to help you get started on this journey. We want to give you this little tool called the next seven days. Anybody can have it. Whether you're online or you're in the building, we want to get this to you. When service is over, if you're in the building... On either side of the building, we'll have prayer teams at the conclusion of service. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. If you just walk up to one of these teams, it's just couples. They're everyday people like you and me. They're not weird. Most of them use breath mints. They're pretty good folks, okay? Just walk up to these guys and say, hey, can I get the booklet? If you don't remember the name the next seven days, just say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you, no strings attached. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. If you're in a big rush, as you leave the building today, out in the lobby in the middle of the glass doors, there's a counter set up right there. It's got the sign overhead the next seven days. You can stop there, ask for the booklet there. They'll give it to you there. It's our free gift to you. If you're watching online, there are instructions on your screen how you can follow up and go to, you can direct message us. You can go to our app. You can go to the Bridge Church website. We'll get it to you electronically. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. Can we just welcome new believers into God's family today? God bless you. Before we conclude the service, um, I've been five minutes long today. How many of you know that's pretty good for me to only be five minutes long? Uh, As we conclude service today, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. We're going to worship God with our giving on the screen. You'll see different ways that you can give. You choose however is best for you. The thing is, we always stress that our giving is worship to God. We never separate our giving from our worship. God asks us to do this. We honor him. We recognize him as our source. We believe he's going to be our provider in the future. So as we give today, let's give with grateful hearts. If you're here in the building and you want to give via envelope or a check or cash, there are envelopes in the back of the seats in front of you. As you exit the building on each side of these first exit doors, there are giving stations there. There's also one out by the children's check-in area. You can give at one of these places if you're giving in person in the building today. And I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. 
You're amazing people, and I'm proud to be your pastor today, along with Ann. We love you guys, and like I said, we're going to be on vacation a lot the next few weeks, but hey, church is moving forward. You are the church. Let God be big in your life. God bless you. Have a great, great Sunday.